What's up, filmmakers and moviegoers? This is Zach and... And this is Eric. There we go. All right. Uh, little do you know, we just had 16 attempts at trying to do the intro, and uh, luckily I, this week we're joined by a professional in the absolutely. field. Yeah. Uh, usually it's just us two idiots talking about movies that we like, but this week we have jib operator, cam operator, editor, filmmaker, husband... <laughs> dad <laughs> sam shelton on the show what's yes, up sam, sam hey, how's it up? going thanks guys thanks for having me yeah so sam uh give us a little bit of the rundown on who you are uh i've been in the business for geez about 20 years yeah um i grew up in church i was homeschooled uh the church i grew up had a video production ministry and at 10 years old i was watching some of my buddies uh follow the camera operators around by gripping which is holding the cable and, you know, making sure they don't right. trip. So at 10 years old, I'm seeing that sitting with my parents in the pew. And I was like, I'm, I'm done sitting with them. You know, <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was, it was something for me to do. Uh, and just that's how I got my foot in the door. Um, right. And then about a year, two years later, all my friends stopped gripping. Right. It wasn't the cool thing to do. Um, you're talking about going into junior high, trying to impress girls. Yeah. <laughs> so right. cable isn't yeah. really impressing yeah. anybody. No. No. <laughs> but, I, but I stuck with it. And with that, they gave me more responsibility. Um, there's another buddy of mine who stuck with it. And uh, they just said, all right, hi, let's put you on a camera and see what that looks like. Sweet. And that was, you know, it just snowballed from there. Yeah. So it was just a total avalanche of video work from then on. I mean, oh. you've been doing... How long have you been jibbing now? Like 17 years? Um, let's see. The church bought a jib when I was 14. So, oh, wow. And I, I just yeah. turned 36. Oh, well, I'm sorry month. you had to say that on the podcast. So, but, no, yeah. no, that's, <laughs> no, that's all right. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, wow. you know. Yeah, 22 years. About, that's awesome. Yeah, about 15 is when I hopped on the jib and taught myself because no one was yeah. there to show me the reins. Oh, man, that's awesome. Well, I ran into you. Gosh, you were... Uh, th th what was that five years ago now I think was the first time we probably met 2016 yeah yeah I think yeah. so like so yeah just like four years ago we met and then we worked together for what was what were you here for like a year a year yeah, yeah like 14 months yeah. or something like that yeah uh I we didn't we did not utilize the jib nearly enough as as I wish we would have but it was always like it was so kind of awesome and like awe inspiring to like see you work the jib. Cause it was like, it was somebody that hadn't just been doing it for a couple of years. It was like somebody that had been doing it for, I mean, gosh, 16, that's a generation already. Like, yeah, it, it was, it was amazing to see. And I, I came from like, you know, building little steady cams out of metal plates and, and stuff off YouTube. And then seeing like somebody with an actual professional jib rig, I was like, Oh, so this is what, this is what an actual jib looks like, you know? <laughs> yeah. And um, so... It's not a pole cam. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> right. With just some like some like, yeah, with a dumbbell on the end of it or whatever. Baby plate at You're, the top. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But you being a jib operator has kind of led you like into just a ton of crazy areas. I mean, I think the last f photo on your Instagram was like at some EDM festival or something that I saw. And you're doing things that... I think a lot of people, like at least when cranes and jibs first came out, like they, they weren't ex as accessible as they are now, I think, in a lot of ways. So what, what do you think about people bringing the jib into other productions? Well, as a jib operator, I'm going to always push for a jib or a Steadicam. Um, I think there's something about movement 
yeah. you know, yeah, a, a standard tripod and or handheld is great. You can really manipulate the camera a certain way with stuff like that. But when I was 17 years old, um, I got hired by American Idol to do um, a bunch of stuff for them when they came to Arizona. And I, I was trained on the the Jimmy Jib 3, which is a cylinder jib from back in the 80s. So that's what I, I learned everything on. And so I went down, did American Idol. Um, but on that shoot, I saw a Steadicam operator by the name of Robert Flume, phenomenal operator. And I was like, man, that's, that's what I want to get to. That's the next piece of equipment. Because I've always been drawn to towards movement. Yeah. And uh, I didn't, when I was a little kid and a little guy, I was like, eh, I don't want to do handheld and, and hard cam forever. There's just, it's kind of boring, to be honest with you. Sure. So I saw the movement of the jib. That's why I started doing it at 15. Saw the movement of the Steadicam, uh, saved up for those. And the Steadicam is, I mean, you can get by buying a jib for under 20 grand. Steadicam, yeah. if, you're, if you're really wanting something that will hold a, a decent payload, you're, you know, 40,000 and above. Right. So, uh, yeah, there's just something about the movement of those two pieces of equipment that you can't get from anything else. Not even the gimbals, the stabilizers. Mm, right, and those right. are great. Those are yeah. great pieces of equipment. It's like, oh, what's my tool in this they toolbox? They have their place, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just like drones and yeah. and everything else. But um, so that is what got me into that is seeing Robert on the Steadicam. And I was like, man, I, I got to get into that. And uh, yeah, I, I've done tons of stuff. Uh, I mean, it, it's hard to like, all right, what have I done? I've done lots of tours for artists and uh films and documentaries and all kinds of stuff. So it just, it varies. And half the time you don't even know until you get on the shoot what it's going to be, especially the one off show. You show up at, you know, 5 a.m. and like, oh, so-and-so is here. And you're like, oh, okay. That's oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I signed the non-disclosure. Yeah. So, yeah, um, sure. But lots of sports, lots of uh, corporate stuff. Um, corporate stuff is a great, great business to get into because um, you, you're usually on a shoot for about seven to 10 days and you get fed three times right. a day, uh, endless coffee, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever you need. And, and that's a great, and usually lots of OT. So, and as I was saying, and they're not always using the jib that day, but no. you're still on pay for no. that day. Yeah. Right. You, you have a setup day, then right. you have three rehearsal days and you're really not doing much in the rehearsal day. Then you got three show days and one teardown day. And you're like, Oh yeah. And this is why I'm a jib operator. <laughs> right. Or yeah. Right. Steady pay. So you, you've heard it here. If, if you want to get into filmmaking with a steady pay, go spend 20 grand on a jib and and get into it yeah yeah um what do you think is like out of the different things that you've done what what are you kind of most drawn to like the live events or narrative or documentary Ooh, um i enjoy them all anytime i get to bust out the rig you know i i, I feel like i'm one with that piece of equipment for that day or for however long that shoot is um is it hard and tiring absolutely um there's a lot of challenging moves and shots depends on the director, uh, if he's not used to calling a jib, sure. Um, trying to get on the same page with him. But, uh, as far as what man, live events are phenomenal, just because you're just going, there's that constant, yeah. like you're in the moment. Um, you're going to have some mess ups here and there, but it, it's a little forgiving in the live aspect of things, but mostly music because, uh, I have a, a background in music so i enjoy music and i feel like i can feel the beat and i can i can feel where the band is going in that direction of of what i want to do with the shot right 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 because you also play drums yes and how long have you been played drums 
my mom would probably say since I was in the womb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think there's video of me starting at three. Oh, wow. So Wow. That uh, is young. 33 years. Yeah, very long time. <laughs> well, it, you know, it's funny you bring up music because that was the first gig that um, I actually got to see you live in action at an arena gig here in town mm -hmm. with you know with the setup with the teardown and actually in the live space doing the music gig and it was it was quite inspiring to to watch just the fluidity and the the skill set that you brought was definitely uh, it was obvious that you've been doing this for a long time which well, thank was you. really cool that was a fun shoot yeah, uh, that was a challenging shoot um, to be a part of. Um, fun, but challenging um, using track uh, in a kind of a, a tight space because they had a, a B stage in the middle of the audience. So just trying to work around that. Um, but I mean, I've seen the footage and it's it's phenomenal. Not just with my it shots, is. but the whole the whole product, the end product turned out excellent. Yeah. So I always enjoy being a part of music because again. I, I, you just kind of feel it in your soul. So mm -hmm. uh, you can kind of push yourself. And I had a lot of freedom from uh, the producers and the directors to kind of just do my thing, yeah. which is usually how it is when you show up. On, on most sets, um, you, you're looked at as the rock star. Like, oh, hey, this guy's not messing around. He's serious. Yeah. Um, like we're paying you for a reason. Yeah. Of, yeah, right. And, and so everyone is usually excited to see you. They're, you know, they... I don't, I don't want to say get into it because you're being made over, but it is nice when you show up on a set and people are like, Oh, this guy's for real. Like he brought his own gear. You're not just a utility. You're not just a cam op. He's right. the jib op. Even though they, everyone has their place, there's just something about those two pieces of equipment that bring a little more respect on the set. Yeah, sure. that's so. cool. Yeah, there's more understanding of like the the technicality that goes with it, I think, yes. especially in like kind of living with that gear as opposed to just necessarily renting something, yeah. you know, like oh you, you rented a camera, your cam up great. Or you can just walk up to any camera and run it. The jib is like it's something so specific that like you need that practice those reps to really hone that and and and, and master it. And so yeah. by the time you're on set, you you should know that already. And there there's a lot of setup that goes into yeah you know putting the jib together it's not just a oh hey i show up bust it out of the bag and, and i'm ready you right. know at the minimum you're looking at a half an hour to get that thing up and running depending sure. on what length and so you've got a three foot arm up to a 40 foot arm and depends on what they want do they want the 120 head or the 360 head and so there's just a lot of accessories you can add to it and, yeah. and it's a great shot, but there is a lot of work that goes into it. Well, let's talk about the gear for a little bit since um, we love talking about gear. Um, you use the Stanton Jimmy Jib. What's, what's the model that they're on now? We have a pro, okay. which uh, we've gotten rid of all the bolts that go, that hold the joints together. So it's a cam locking device and you use a, a three quarter inch wrench adapter and you just, it's a 120 turn and a bump and you lock it in. Wow. Uh, cable system is still the same, but uh, no more losing bolts on set. Or yes. nice. right. Someone helping you isn't going to drop them. I mean, you get to your next shoot, and hopefully you have extra, but there's always those times where sure. you're like, oh, I didn't bring the extra bag, and now I'm short. Yeah. So it's, it's called, uh, it's still the triangle, um, but they just added pro to it. So. Okay. That's cool. So how long have you been using that? Um, that, that's a that's a relatively new model, right? The, yeah, it's two years old. Okay, a little over two years old. 
Um, before that, I had the older Triangle um, since 08. I bought that one in 08. And before that, I would use the cylinder, the Jimmy Jib 3, uh, which is still a, a great rig. There's a lot of guys I know that use it and still rocking it. It's still calling for parts and stuff wow. like that. Um, there is a funny story. One, the one year that I, uh, or the second year of the American Idol shoot that I had done for them, they came back to Arizona and uh, I was going downtown to where the shoot was. And I, I didn't take the entire jib apart. I left the pedestal and the tripod built in the back of my truck, strapped it down. It's one less thing I had to build when sure. I got there. Well, I, about half an hour uh, driving through traffic, I get down and uh, DPS pulled me over. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, you know, what did I do? I feel like I was going the speed limit. Well, they said that they had been watching on the ADOT cameras uh, what they thought was a grenade launcher or a mortar <laughs> like a, round. Yeah, like a and they, oh, they, wow. turret on the back yeah, of your car. They oh call the satellite. <laughs> it's been tracking yeah. you for the last 10 miles. And they, I mean, they called the FBI. They had the FBI Whoa. watching me. And oh, wow. So when, when I told the DPS officers what it was, I mean, you know, everyone's busting up laughing. Sure. But that was probably one of the funniest things that <laughs> I've ever experienced as so a You don't do operator. that anymore then? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I have a very nice trailer. Yeah, yeah. But oh, I do leave man. it still built, though. So. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so funny. Do you have anything else like that that you just kind of like, you just have to laugh about later on, like on set or anything that you can talk about? Oh, yeah. You know, when I was first starting out, you, you do stupid things. Like, you forget things. Like, you know, I, and it's good to have friends that know where your stuff is that they can go, oh, hey, when you're on a shoot, hey, I, I need you to go stop by my house or stop at the office and grab this. Sure. Um, you know, I've had embarrassing moments where I thought I had my 12 foot cable and I didn't, or I thought I had my 18 foot cable and didn't, and had to go to a small, you know, try and sell the director on a smaller jib, uh, <laughs> In which the is, moment. Oh, oh, gee, that's, that is super stressful, but <laughs> you can get by with that sometimes with like just being confident sure. in going, Hey, I think, yeah, well, I think we can get by with a 15-footer. Hey, you know, this shot feels really yeah. good for 15 yeah. feet. <laughs> we don't, you know, and a lot of them don't really know the, the length. They'll throw out a length or, you know. Yeah. Again, that's where that trust factor comes in with them going, hey, we hired you, you're professional. Um, what, what do you think is the best length for this? And they will. Most of the time they will ask, what do I think? What do I feel comfortable with? Um, and sometimes they'll push back and go, well, let's, let's go longer. Let's go shorter. So it just depends on who the director is and, uh, and whether or not they want to spend the extra time on it. So. Sure. Sure. So you got into steady cam hopping, um, as kind of an additional side gig to, to what you were doing with your jib. Um, now you mentioned briefly what kind of got you into that, but where did you decide to kind of make that stay like to actually pursue steady cam op? almost as much as you jib now. So I, I had been a jib op for about 10 years before I was like, all right, let's spend some money on doing this. And I bought a really cheap rig and I say cheap, uh, $5,000. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're, if you're looking at jobs, you're going, Oh, that's almost five jobs. Uh, sure. so uh, as operators, you tend to look at, Oh, what's, what's the next job? What do I have? Um, so I spent about, 5,000 on a rig and it was not, it was a bad decision. Uh, right. And, uh, and then I was like, shoot, I should have saved that and really 
gone into something nicer. And I, and I ended up buying a used rig made by Tiffin and, uh, they're the number one Steadicam seller. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Brown is the inventor of the Steadicam and then him and Tiffin went into business. So, uh, I bought a Steadicam and it would hold like a, a 20 pound camera, which was great. And I did a bunch of stuff with that rig. Um, again, I did not have any training. I wanted to, uh, but the class to really go and get certified as a, as a steady cam operator, which I would highly recommend. Um, but it's about 55 to $6,000 to do that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like it's a four high. day, it's a four day class, yeah. but it is worth it because it gives you that certification. Now, do you need it? No. Yeah, it's not like a requirement. No. It's not like a SAG or something. No. I mean, there is there is a guild for it. But it's helpful. But still, yeah. You know, because I know there's things that I'm doing that, you know, I might walk a little different or, or my step isn't the right way sure. that they would recommend. But for the most part, I've gotten by with learning on my own, watching other guys, how do they do it, um, teaching myself, and, uh, and just going from there. And with that, um, I think six months after I had it, I, I wore that thing almost every day. Um, there was a film here and I can't remember. Oh, it was called out of focus. Oh. <laughs> yeah, small budget film. Yeah. But we shot for ironic. Yeah. <laughs> we shot for three weeks in August oh. here in the desert outside. Oh, and I probably lost like 20 pounds. Yeah. Because in you're the sweating. Yeah. yeah. In the oh, vest. My yeah. Gosh. Uh, definitely wash the vest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's helpful. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, man, lots of, uh, lots of music stuff that next year I was hired by Telemundo to do Pepsi smash and, uh, several events for, um, the super bowl in 08. So, uh, oh, yeah. which super bowl was that? That, that was, uh, oh, that was giants and the Patriots when the Patriots went undefeated. And yeah, that's lost. right. Lost. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. It was very sad. Yeah. I, as a <laughs> yeah, giants fan, I was just giddy so i was on a cruise um and we were actually considering catching a flight out of where we were cruising to go to the game because the giants had made it i didn't think they were going to make it and yeah they shouldn't have because i'm a cowboys fan and that was a crappy yeah. year just it, so you it know was. what yeah. year isn't a crappy year yeah. for a cowboys hey, fan? easy no easy. no i easy. mean cowboys got a lot of rich history um and then now this is the uh, football podcast, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I did run around the deck in my underwear when they won, <laughs> just out of pure unadulterated joy. Thank you for I painting was. that picture. Yeah, yeah. that's an uh, <laughs> image I'll never get rid of. <laughs> but it, that that you know, it just those things come into play where you yeah. you know you get those calls and you know sometimes you can you can go man am I qualified for that? But confidence, not being cocky. But confidence is a, sure. is a huge thing. And yeah. Um, but yeah, was I a little nervous on that shoot because I had just been an operator for about a year. But that led to other things. And, I, uh, you know, more music and, yeah. and more uh, little films here. Tons of commercials locally. Because that, that is one thing that a lot of commercials like to do. They, they'll use a Steadicam for yeah. those walk and talks, yep. Yep. for the car commercials. Um, so I've done a, t a ton of stuff for APS and Cox Communications and you know, the list, the list goes on and on and on. Now, would you say if somebody's like looking to jump into filmmaking, they've maybe they've gone to film school, maybe they haven't, um, but they love the process. Um, and I'm not knocking camera ops cause I was one, I was camera a and first AC and I've done a lot of that. But, um, 
would you say by specializing in a jib or steady cam that would open up a lot more opportunities? I, I think so. As a fellow steady cam and jib operator, I, I think I have a one up on a lot of different opportunities. You know, I'll show up and I'll see these guys who have been utilities for 10 years and sometimes they don't ever get out of that. Yeah. Um, the, especially in the sports world, a lot of guys and a lot of people don't realize how tight knit the sports world camera production life is. Mm -hmm. um, it's usually something that is passed down from an operator to either his son or someone who is very close to him. They don't just give it away to right. anyone. Right. And uh, I'm sure a lot of guys don't like that. I'm telling some Spilling of these, the these right little, you know, yeah. but, but they are. And, and that's the thing too. You also have, yeah, it's that relationship. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You, you have the relationship, but you also have the sports guys who, they do sports 365 days a year. So yeah. they go from baseball to basketball to football to whatever. That's their constant thing. And I'm not knocking those guys. They're very good at what they do. Um, I'll be the first one to tell you falling a golf ball is extremely difficult. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what they do. <laughs> um, that, or that a it, hockey puck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, um, but it is hard for them, I think, sometimes to turn that off if they get mm. hired to do music mm. or, or if mm -hmm. there is a halftime show, you can tell that these guys are, they're a sports camera operator right, yeah. and not putting them in that box. But if you're not, if that's all you do is sports, it's kind of hard to go, all right, I'm used to this framing, you know, I'm the right, game yeah. cam. Right. Yeah. So just being able to be creative. But I think in those moments, it might be nice for them because then they can just kind of take a deep breath and go, oh man, I, you know, my director's not yelling at me for making yeah. sure I, I, you know, tight on this runner because right. he's tagging and running to chill out a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. So. Yeah. For for somebody like me, and I've been in both of those worlds. I was at Fox Sports for seven years, and there there's a certain shot list mm -hmm. that you're given. Yep. And these are the shots that we want. These are the shots that you need to anticipate. And and then I've also worked on the music side where it's a lot more artistic and they want, you know, just the expression and that whole the juxtaposition of you, you don't have a shot list and it, there, there's, here's what's happening in the show. Yeah. Make it look great. Yeah. So it's an interesting vibe and it being able to sit in both seats. I totally get what you're For saying. Sure. Like For it's sure. easy to get locked into doing a thing and doing it well and for some that's all they want to do and it's great and then having the ability to go and flex that creative muscle yeah which it sounds like as a jib and steady cam you get even more of that freedom even in those different spaces which is cool so usually if i if i'm being brought on for sports um with jib and steady cam because i don't like to do hard cam it's just not that's not my area of expertise. Um, I can run one. I have no issue with it, but I'm going to give you what I'm talented in. Um, so for me to take away from some other guy that might need that, you know, that check that day, I'd rather just be steady him and jib. So when you show up on a sports event, usually it's the game desk, you know, you're, you've got a nice, if it's steady cam, you're walking the desk um, or you're on the field following the action with the steady cam, whether it's football or soccer. Um, not a lot of steady cam in baseball, again, unless you're just at the front desk with the talent that is doing right, the, yeah. the pregame stuff. Um, same thing with jib. Jib is usually at the desk. You're not going to see a jib in, uh, 
in a ballpark. There's a few that have them. I think there's two. The Washington Nationals might have one. Really? Yeah. I think huh. I've seen it. Fly. It's out in the outfield. Now, the Dimebacks used to have one uh, set up in the outfield for their you know, post-game stuff. Right. Uh, but they don't do that anymore. Um, the Suns do one. There's a, I mean, there's a ton of NBA teams and football teams that will have them on their desks afterwards. But again, you're not going to see that. Uh, I find it interesting that college football will have a jib usually out on the field, but not in the NFL. Right. Yeah. So you're, you'll cable see cams it. Yeah. Flying. Yeah. You'll see the jib in this or jib for college wire cam and steady cam for the NFL. Obviously, they have the bigger budget. Right. Yeah. Where they can afford that stuff. So. Have you ever thought about getting into wire cam? I mean, I, that seems like the next progression in your, <laughs> your evolution as a camera operator. Um, I have. I was on a shoot for uh, the U.S. soccer team last year, and I was talking to the cable cam guys. Um, and uh, Garrett Brown, who the inventor of the Steadicam, yeah. actually has a patent on the wire cam as well. Oh, really? Uh, so you talk about a man of many talents. Like, yeah. Um, but it is, that, that rig is incredible. Like when you watch that thing move, it's insane. But it also takes like three guys to run it. Right. Yeah. Then you have your guys setting it up. Um, you have the prep days, and it's very expensive. And you, I don't, don't quote me on this, but I, I don't think you can buy them. The actual, yeah, the actual full. Yeah, ones, I right? think I think it's like a lease from them because they own the stuff. Very similar to like a Chapman Leonard type of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, where okay. you're leasing it. I, but again, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure if if that's true. Yeah, not, you're talking the four point. Yeah, yeah, they're four point rigs. Yeah, because yeah. I know there's some yeah. some off. Uh, last year, NAB there was like a new one that just came out. Def- yeah, there's Def- one. Defy, has Defy one. In, yeah. who's actually so in Def- town. Yeah, yeah, Defy has the single. Yeah, um, but but Garrett has something patented with that that four point that nobody can touch. Yeah, so Crazy. and and that's the reason why it's on every football field. Yeah, today. You, you definitely notice. I mean. I think it's been the last probably two years that I've noticed kind of like more of the side to side that it's been doing. Yes. They, they've been, cause it used to be just kind of like, it just would go straight across the, the stadium, but now it's like, there's so much more yeah, movement they, to it. Yeah. Now. The movement and so, the shots yeah. are so much nicer. They're, they're definitely incorporating it more into the live broadcast. I, I noticed this year in, in a few of the games I've watched, they, they stay on it quite a bit. Yeah for that it's not just for replay they're actually staying with it yeah. as a game cam to follow um and i think to become more bold with it as yeah. far as uh especially with the punting or a field right. goal kick it started right. really low behind the kicker and then he flies up into the, the field goal pulse to give that shot yeah um th- i mean it's a great it's a great looking shot it's a great rig um you can get away with some some things with that rig like not being on point all the time there's there's some freedom right. and some forgiveness in that i look at it and go that scares me a little bit uh i don't know that i would ever own one um i'd rather own a techno crane that's kind of like sure that would be the next piece of equipment i'd like to own that's a dream for me so for people that might not know what, what is a techno crane a, a techno crane is a telescoping jib it's just a fancier jib uh mm. So, you know, with Stanton, you can max out a jib at like $60,000 with all their accessories. Um, and that's at like 40 feet? That's at 40 feet okay. with everything you would need. Um, a techno crane, you're looking... <laughs> you're, well, you can't own a techno crane, first well, of you all. Can. Oh, you can now. You can. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you can own them. 
but it's going to cost you a small mortgage uh, or maybe not, not so small. small. <laughs> well, they range from like $200,000 uh, to, I know um, real men here in the Valley when they bought their 30 footer, he spent almost $700,000. When they first came out with the 50 footers, they were over a million dollars. Oh, wow. Um, but they started, I believe they started in Germany and it, I mean, you can tell the, the machinery on oh, it. Yeah. it. It's, it's super quiet. The machine is a phenomenal yeah. piece of equipment and so you can go from a 12 foot minimum reach um, depending on what arm you buy to let's say 50 so it'll, it'll telescope from 12 feet to 50 feet in a straight line oh wow so with the jib you're kind of stuck to an arc depending on what length you are right. it's a fixed position and a lot of that's a, that's another struggle is getting directors to realize that i can't if i don't have track i can't dolly the jib it's not going to be right. a dolly move there's going to be an arc to yeah. that right with the techno crane, you uh, you have endless. Yeah. It's it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, which is why every film set has a techno crane and a Steadicam operator on every major film production. And there's it, no jig. Yeah. That's no pretty much jib. all you need. Yeah, like if you need movement in your shot, just okay. Techno's here. Yeah, great. Oh, when you go down the hallway, get the Steadicam. Like that, that's it. Yeah. And, and sometimes even the Steadicam guy can be sitting there because yeah, they're like, oh, well, it's already on the technical crane. Let's just use it. Yeah, people aren't having to set dolly track up anymore to go down a hallway and then they have to, you know, computer animate it out, mask it out and everything. That techno crane now can oh. just come down the hallway. Yep. I mean, it, it's amazing. And I, I've even seen this one that was on like tank tracks. Oh, yeah. They have them like motorized vehicles with the techno crane yes. on it. And oh, it, wow. And it's all like UAV, like unmanned, you know. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. It's it's insane. It's I mean, CPS is pulling that over yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's endless. I mean, yeah. that's the thing is I think that in our world, if you can dream it, you know, it, it'll, yeah. it'll come to pass. Like you can make that up. But there's these guys on these uh, sets are phenomenal with getting things done. If a director says jump, they jump. Yeah. They don't even ask how high they'll just be like, all right. And they'll usually go a step further and be like, Oh, well, we did this, this, and this. And so you have that. And same, same with even like the, uh, the Russian arms oh, yeah. on the cars, yeah. that stuff is dropping in price. Well, have you seen the moto crane? Yes. Yeah. So there's a guy in town in the valley here that has one. Yes. Um, I think it's like six grand a day just for the crane itself and the crane operator. That doesn't include focus puller or video village or yeah. Teradek or anything like that. So I'm considering getting into that business. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think there's a, there's something about you know, naming your price and sticking with that and, sure. and also being confident in that price because people will know, all right, hey, this is what they charge, but they're serious. Yeah. Like, they're not messing around. I know a lot right. of guys it's that will undersell. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you're going to have those guys out there that will that will try and get the, the shoot. And so they'll yeah. they'll drop their price by three or four hundred dollars. And I used to worry about that um, and kind of stress and, and get frustrated. And then I was like, man, it's not a big deal. I've been blessed in this job. Uh, yeah. I'm on a few websites, but I got to tell you, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time pushing myself. I have an Instagram, um, but, I, but even that, it's like once every three weeks that I'll post something. Sure. Uh, I'm busy with three kids. Yeah. And uh, so it's, to me, it's not worth stressing about if you don't get the job or not. Because one, you know, I'm not the one that's out there pushing myself every single day people will know you by your name they're yeah. gonna it's word of mouth it's you know the shoot that i that i did with kanye that was because of a gentleman by the name of 
Mark and him and I had worked together on a shoot back in 08. Oh, wow. And, and we had been on a couple other shoots since then. But uh, if you have a great attitude and work ethic, I mean, people will spread that. Yeah. And they'll, and they'll sing high praises about your name. And yeah. that's what he did. He, you know, I, I don't know exactly how that conversation went, but I just know he called me and was like, hey, they're looking for a steady cam operator. I can't tell you what the shoot is until they book you. Um, but are you available? And I was like, all right, let me, you know, let me call you back in 10, which is usually how those conversations go. You try and move things in yeah, and, and right. can I get to, you know, is it worth me getting to? And that one was, and at the end of that shoot, I didn't, I still didn't even know what everything was going to look like. Uh, I knew who I was working for right. and who was there, but I didn't know the context of things. It, uh, to be honest with you, I didn't know the context of things until last week. When the trailer dropped. When the trailer dropped. Right. Now, I, I want to talk about that a little bit. So, I mean, obviously, Kanye, this album just came out. Jesus is King. I mean, it's, it's huge already. People are loving it. What was that process like? I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, getting the call and then not being able to even know what it was until you agreed to it. But when you were on set, like, what was that process with the director? And were you the only Steadicam op? Or were there multiple? Like, what, what did that crew kind of look like? So when I showed up, uh, I was the only Steadicam operator. Um, they had saved that day for me to get a bunch of stuff, uh, beauty shots, okay. um, architectural shots. Like the, this place is called Roden Crater yeah. and uh, by James Terrell. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'd never heard of him before. I've been in Arizona since yeah, I didn't 85. Know I didn't know any of this stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I get up there to the shoot. Um, you're obviously amazed because you're in the middle of nowhere and you're just in awe of this structure. Yeah. And, uh, so I go inside and, the, and they start to tell me what they're thinking about doing. And I was like, all right, you know, that's, that's a little bit of a challenge there with that shot. Um, and I'd never met the director before. Um, but come to find out he's not really a director. He's, he's like a, a clothing designer, photographer. Uh, oh, interesting. but he's, he was phenomenal and, and they were um, great people to work with. Uh, but they were, one of the shots, I was supposed to go around in a 360 of this room where the centerpiece is. And the whole thing is that once a year, the sun hits this tunnel, the top of this tunnel, mm. and the light hits all the way down. It goes a quarter of a mile down into the earth. Jeez. Oh, wow. And it hits this piece that's in the center of this room, and it's a white circle, and then it lights up the room. So I'm I, once a year for once like, a year. it's like solstice like a, or something like, a like that. 60 yeah. seconds. Oh, wow. it lasts. Yeah. Right. yeah. So that's his whole, that's what he does. Again, I don't know everything about this place, but it, uh, that was one piece. I was like, man, this is incredible that like he timed that. Yeah. It's such an experience yeah. piece where it, like you have to be there at a certain moment to get the full, like no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> no pressure. We got to wait a whole nother year. <laughs> here's, here's the thing that we cheated though. We didn't, that wasn't that time of year where the light was coming in. Oh, so okay. I think he knew that going into we'll that. Just shove a 5k down the, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was pretty bright, you know, yeah. you know by the time we started, it was like 9am when we were shooting. Okay. Um, but the, the struggle was definitely the quarter of a mile walk at a five degree angle with the 45. Oh, uh, yeah, it was like a 45 pound rig. Everything, including the vest and the arm, was about 45, 50 pounds. Was, was it wow. anamorphic? Um, or yes. It was. Okay. Yes. So what, you shoot it on Alexa? Uh, no, we shot it with the uh, Sony. Oh, I just. The Venice? Think, no. 
I can't remember what we yeah, shot it. It's at fifty five. Yeah, okay. the Alta. Okay. Um, yeah. Wow. So and then, you know, we tried stripping that down because my rig is not a very uh, the arm on it has a max. Um, sure. Yeah. So uh, I was like, all right, and that was the thing too is they didn't tell me what we were flying as far as what camera until I got up there, which could have been a bad thing. Sure. Uh, that's, yeah. You could have walked up and they, it was an IMAX camera and be like, well, <laughs> right? this isn't yeah. going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was, that worked out in my favor. Um, again, yeah. you just have these shoots sometimes where you're like, uh, everything just fell into place. Yeah. Um, and so they tell me, this is the shot. We're going to walk around. We want you to walk, walk around twice. And then you're going to walk up this quarter of a mile, like tunnel continuous it's a one shot that's what he wanted oh it's a one shotter yeah uh-huh. and i was like oh my goodness now, i'm not the biggest guy you know i weigh like 150 soaking wet yeah, right. um, <laughs> so you're already talking 50 pounds and now i'm weighing like 200 with this rig walking up and um you know i said cam isn't an everyday thing here in arizona so it definitely i got my steps in that day yeah um, seriously but i felt it at the end of that tunnel, I was just like, oh, man, like, you know, you can feel a little bit your legs yeah. giving out because you're trying to keep. It's not the fact that you're walking with a 50-pound rig up a hill. It is the director saying, oh, and we need the light and the hole kept in the center of your shot right. the entire time. Yeah. And uh, so that that is a struggle. It was definitely the most challenging Steadicam shoot I've been a part of. And wow. that was that was just, you know. We're talking. We were done at 10 a.m. with just that, and then saying, we, and that's just we still had shots another too. yeah, uh, eight more hours left in the day to shoot. And wow, get a lot more uh, exteriors and interiors because yeah. that place is huge. So that shot that you're talking about, that's the one that's in the opening of the trailer, yes. right, with the blue walls. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. And it's actually yeah, it's uh, it's the it looks like a keyhole. That's yeah. That's yeah. the only way to describe yeah. it. And I've got all this footage and stuff from my phone that I, I snapped while I was there. And uh it it does. I was trying to explain to people I'm like, it just looks like a keyhole. And uh it's very unique and and it's just incredible. It's an incredible piece of art. That's yeah. If you can appreciate art, you can go, man, this this place is phenomenal. Yeah. It looks so. gorgeous. So, I mean, now that I know it's there, like, well, now everyone knows it's there. <laughs> it's going to be very busy, but I, I'd love to go there when it calms yeah, down. Yeah, my wife a was bit. saying yeah. that to me this morning. She was like, it's in it's in Flagstaff. We got to go. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> What's there, in Flagstaff? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? Huh? Yeah. They were they were building when I was there, they were uh building like a highway to get to it. I think what I heard again, everybody on a film set will talk. Sure. You're hearing things was that they wanted to make it more like a resort, uh, kind of a getaway, mm. uh, to kind of just get in touch with spirit, your, your spirit and just kind of like, uh, shut down from the world. What do they uh, walk about or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there was, and he's going to make, I believe three more of these tunnels so oh, that, wow. so that it'll, act the, four times a year it would hit oh yeah so again don't quote me on that but but when i was there there were um they were building another one and they were digging for another one as well like they were halfway done with one and working on another one man there's a couple of things that really stand out to me in in you sharing that story and i think just i just want to highlight that for the people that are listening um i think number one is having a great attitude that's what got you the gig because you were you were great to work with and you had a great attitude. Um, 
that has gotten me to a lot of places overseas working in germany and spain and, and things of that nature which that totally resonates because i've been on some sets and i'm sure you have too where some of the people don't have the best attitude yes um and i just want to underscore that because that's so important yeah for sure to to have cohesion and to make it just if the environment's good and everybody's got a great attitude and we're working towards whatever this thing is then that that's going to be it's going to be better because of that absolutely um the other thing i want to underscore is that the the mystery of not knowing which could also be a, a hindrance right not knowing what camera that they're planning or rig that they're p planning on putting on that and you don't you're not prepared that in luckily in this case it, it everything fell into place and it was awesome um but as we all know that's not always doesn't always that's work. not always <laughs> no. the case and especially if you're if you're hired and you you come to a set not knowing these things and you're not prepared that could also have the reverse effect and not getting gigs in the in the future um Zach, what's your experience on that? Like, well, what, do you, what do you think about that? I mean, to your first point, I think so. Uh, just immediately what sticks out to me is like, if you wouldn't have left that impression 11 years ago, you know, in 2008 on that shoot. Yeah, he, 11 years. He, wow. might, he wouldn't have called you for this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's that first impression that you had with that person. And I got to say, like, I've, I've reworked with a lot of people again. And I've also been on sets with a lot of people that, weren't the best to work with i didn't see them again like mm. i didn't rework with them again like there's so much to be said about just like the networking process but then also like being a positive networking process yeah and i think you you know it's it's so much better to work with your friends and your buddies and like people that you enjoy being around because yeah you're going to be with them for 16 hours a day you know for weeks at a time sometimes and i think that's a huge part of it is like just owning your attitude and, and kind of not being against the, the possibility of somebody walking up to you and being like, dude, you were kind of a jerk today. Like, and then just checking that and, and really like looking for that positive change that you should be. And I think that's going to take people a long way. I mean, that's, that's really how I've gotten to kind of where I am now, which isn't, you know, a huge milestone of like filmmaking, but at the same time, like I enjoy the people that I'm working with and the people that I work with enjoy working with me. And I think that's, that's such a huge point that, um, you know, it's, it's such a good takeaway to just be a good person. Well, yeah. and I think that's you the know? foundation yeah. of trust and respect as well. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's where, that's where that respect and trust starts. It has, it has to start with that foundation of your attitude. And if it's good, then yeah, that's going to be the future. I mean, this guy trusted you 11 years in the future. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's crazy to think about. But that was the foundation that you laid in addition to backing it up with obviously your skill set and everything else. And you're, you're going to have those days where you're in a bad mood or you're cranky or, you know, whatever your whatever your life is happening, you know, to you For at sure. that moment, you, you can bring onto a, a set or a shoot or whatever like that. I try to to release that stuff. And um, that whole golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, yeah. goes a long way. Um, but I try and be positive on shoots to have a good attitude um, to go one more step in, oh, hey, 
this is what I did with the jib. This, you know, a lot of times they'll, you'll have B-roll footage and they'll be like, oh, just get this and this. And, and going that extra mile and going, oh, I spent an extra five minutes getting them something. Um, but it is hard when you are on a shoot that's maybe, you know, it's not a long shoot or, or say in a week you have three different shoots and you're with three different groups of people. Um, my wife was telling me, she's like, boy, you know, you meet different people every shoot you have to be outgoing she goes I, I didn't realize you can't be an introvert and there are those guys that can be introverts um but for the most part you have to be willing to have a conversation with the director mainly again this is where the jib and steadicam kind of being the important roles a lot of times especially with steadicam you are almost having a dance with the talent because it's you and them. Sure. And mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of that face-to-face -face with high talent people. And if you're, if you can't carry a conversation with someone, I mean, it just, <laughs> it won't last. Like they'll, right. they'll pick up really quick and be like, okay, this person is awkward. Yeah. And we've all been on those shoots with the yeah. awkward, <laughs> you know, person that's working yeah. in video village or usually yeah. we, we put those guys in like the trucks for broadcast TV. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. They're, they're, they, they have right. their own room. They don't they're running out. the iris and gain yeah. control. They're the engineers. Right, right. God bless those guys. Yeah. I mean, we uh, need, they them. make us look great. Yeah. Uh, but let's keep them in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is, you know, you, you have to have, have uh, a good attitude on these shoots because it goes a long way and be able to be personable and yeah. uh, because you never know who's going to show up um, whether it's Tom Brady at whatever Super Bowl or right. whether you're standing right next to Snoop Dogg uh, right. which I'm name dropping but these are just a list of a few like yeah, the list, yeah. well the, there are people I mean, that could would, end your career if you had a terrible experience yes. with and, right? and, yeah. and to your point of the steady cam and not knowing what camera I don't tell that story you know bragging about it I tell that very humbling going yeah I had favor that day yeah because uh, I don't like to show up to shoots like that I want sure. to be prepared yeah and um that that could have been a bad situation um especially looking who it was for right uh, and then, and then you, you know, because here's the bottom line is I'll tell you, I'm, you know, not qualified as a steady cam operator. Like I, I do the best I know how to do, but I'm going to give you my best when I'm on that shoot. Yeah. So, and, and I think that that has gone a long way for me is that I'm going to give you my best and my attitude and, and that is why people will continue to call me. Well, I think you're me. extremely qualified. I mean, you yeah, can tell by just there, look, you can yeah. you can definitely tell just by looking at the trailer. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, and and I and I share that because you know those things can happen, and um, and and frazzle some. You know, oh, sure. you, you're frazzled. Like you know, you try to lean in respectfully and say, "Hey, what what do we what what do we have to look forward to?" and you know, they didn't say, oh, you're going to be walking up this five degree incline for half a mile and you have to, <laughs> yeah. you know, you get there and you figure some of that stuff out. And that's what, and, and that's where that, that, that trust and professionalism comes in, you know, and you lean on that. And this was a successful shoot, yep. which is awesome. Um, well, there's so much to be said about experience too. Sure. I mean, you, even though you didn't know the camera rig um, or the setup, you were able to on the fly, like 
from past experiences. Just okay, make it work. Yeah, I can make yeah. this work. I, I can strip this back enough to where, yeah. okay, maybe you don't get video village on five screens with three teradex yeah. on the. Yeah. You know, you just get one teradex because we don't I need, need a the viewfinder. Weight. Yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah, cut everything but the lens, the battery, and the. Can I have the smallest? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anton Bowery battery, <laughs> right. please. Yeah. <laughs> whatever yeah. you were using, can we? Can I have the Donic nineties yeah. or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> throw a little A seven S battery in yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. And there's things where it's like, all right, I'm gonna makeshift something and put some weight on the bottom of the steady cam. Right. It that is what this industry is about is just making do with what you yeah. have. These guys, you know, look at Freefly and, and all the how they first started. There's like so many different companies that started that probably didn't know what they were doing at the time and didn't have the gear. And they've exploded because they were willing to adapt. Right. Yeah. yeah. And change is huge. If you yeah. if you're not willing to change, then you're just gonna get left behind. Yeah. So yeah. which is yeah, the good word right opposite there. Uh, of like editors yeah and and like all post-production people are like i'm never changing anything yep. i'm never updating my operating system i don't even touch <laughs> right yeah touch my creative cloud no nope, not updating that plugin <laughs> never that not worked, happening that worked great for final cut didn't yeah. it yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> can we say that oh yeah we, can, we, can yeah, say we, that. we throw shade occasionally yeah, i mean I'm, I'm especially not, this that, guy that's not my strong <laughs> editing is not my strong point i can do little things like i'm I would say I'm gifted in, in knowing where I want things sure. in an editing uh, timetable, like my cuts. And you, I think you've seen that with me. Yeah, you're pacing and story, like your story structuring. Like you're really good at structuring. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say you're, you, you know, you're not going to be the guy that's going to take that edit maybe to the, to the finish line. No, but and yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And, but I think, and I think that's, that's an important thing to realize is like never being married to your work. Correct. Don't be afraid to destroy your projects in this, in, in the hopes of that project being as good as it possibly can. Right. Be. And don't um, be afraid to ask for help. Right. How many times have I called you oh, yeah. or called other people I know and be like, Hey, this is not my strong point. What do you think about this? And, and, or this is what I'm doing it this way. Yeah. You know, again, I didn't, I didn't go to school for any of this stuff. I, I learned it at a couple churches that I've been a part of and volunteered at. Um, same thing with Photoshop. Didn't really see a need for Photoshop. My wife is a graphic arts major and, and she would do some of the things if I needed help. And uh, YouTube is great for oh, geez, watching. Yeah. Even yeah. in even in some of these videos, when I don't want to bug you, yeah. I'll, I'll watch. Oh, how did how did they do this? And I'll the search bar, and there'll yeah. be like twenty videos, more like twenty million. No, there's but, a ton, man. But trying to weed out those good ones that you can understand their English, and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, it's a surprising number of Eastern Europeans right. doing yeah. tutorials yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or the, like the computer, oh, like yeah. they use that, like they the speak and spell or whatever. It's like, cow. Open Photoshop. Exactly. Well, man, awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Sam. Uh, what kind of products are you working on right now? Currently, uh, I'm getting ready to shoot some new product videos for Stanton. Yeah. Um, we've got some new product line coming out, so I've got to get into... A big warehouse Product and shoots shots and stuff. And yeah, that's, yeah. Always, cool. that's always fun. I just got some new toys to play with actually today. Oh, awesome. So uh, yeah. some new lights and some fun stuff like that, which is always, you know, pushing my like field of like, all right, what what's the best way to light this? I'm still learning that sure. craft as well, which is also key. Never stop learning. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Like that, that can shoot you in the foot as well. Um, but uh, next month I have a shoot for Phoenix Children's Hospital. It's called Hope Ignite. And uh, that that place is amazing to yeah. say the least. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I've, I've been in the Valley since 85. I've driven by there uh, ever since they built that on the 51. I see it all the time. Uh, but up until two years ago, never thought anything. Uh, we had a few shoots in there. You and I have had a, yeah, a shoot we had in a there. life story there. Yeah. And, uh, um, up until then, you know, it's just a, it's a place, it's a hospital, you know, there's not really a, a connection there. Right. And, uh, my, my son, um, was diagnosed at 20 weeks with a CHD. And so we have spent a lot of time at Phoenix children's over the last two years. Yeah. Um, he's had two open heart surgeries. So, wow. so, you know, in his short little, he'll be two in February. So, um, I am extremely grateful for that place uh, and everything that they do. Dr. Velez and his team, they're phenomenal. Um, so f finding something that you can do outside of like Jib and Steadicam or what, whatever your like career is that you can give back. Um, but so the shoot that they're doing, uh, they it's just a little like two-hour thing that they do once a year at that time of year where they bring Santa in. And the kids, oh, and this is where it gets you, because yeah. these kids, you know, a lot of them can't leave those rooms. Right. So they're looking out their windows down to the the lobby or the outside of the building mm. where they have like a Christmas tree lighting and stuff like that. Yeah. And so um, I got called um, by a buddy of mine who's running the shoot, and he's like, "Hey, are you know you interested in being involved, uh, especially with you and your your boy and everything like that?" And I was like, "Absolutely." Uh, so on this shoot, uh, I was hired to do just camera four. That's a quick thing. But I was talking it over with my wife and I said, I think I'm going to just bring the jib and donate that. Sure. Um, yeah. Because again, it's, it steps up production sure, yeah, absolutely. value to like the nth degree. Yeah. yeah. And to be able for me to make that sacrifice, um, am I going to make anything off of it? No. And you know what? I could care less that because it'll you know i'll spend a lifetime paying back even with insurance oh, like everything that yeah. they have done for me and my family and my yeah, little guy yeah. so uh but definitely like little takeaways for anyone interested in like being a jib or a steady cam operator or even in getting in our world community is huge and and but also not not being burned out either finding right something outside yeah. of running camera or being in film production that you can just i think that goes with anything in life yeah but i think that so many guys especially the younger ones they do this hustle and they just take job after job after job and then you get in this routine where you can't say no to right. a shoot because you're like oh man i'm i'm married to this i need i need to get i need the next shoot or i need this but you have to take time off because it'll just burn you out. Yeah. And we've yeah. all been through those seasons where you're you're frustrated and you're like, oh, I don't want to be here. And it, again, it shows. It goes back to your attitude and stuff like that. But just being able to know, hey, this shoot isn't for me. I'm going to pass it on. And also going back to what I said earlier is not being stressed about whether you get the job or not. Because there's always going to be that one person that can undersell and just going, yeah. you know yeah. what? Hey, it's okay. It's okay that he got it. He'll need it. And, and helping people, mentoring other people too. I think that's huge. Uh, there's a, a young guy who bought my old jib, but he was watching me. I know he watched me as a kid and was like, Hey, this is, and he's a phenomenal jib operator. And I could have looked at him and said, mm, I'm not, you know, I'm Com never, I'm competition. Never, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. 
And just releasing that and going, you know what? I'll get hired because of my name. He's going to get hired because of his name. And I use him a ton on stuff. If, if I'm not available, uh, for example, in the 2015 Super Bowl, I wasn't able to use him. But if I had, I had three jibs out on that show on the 2015 Super Bowl, I could have had six if I had them. And so finding those guys that you can go, hey, let me help you out and train you up that way is a huge benefit too. Yeah, Because then, then you can have time out, time yeah. off and, yeah, and spend right. it with your family. Because it, you know, it can be a young man's game. You know, do you want to be schlepping 50 pound weights? <laughs> right. Because the joke is, you know, do you have a gym membership? It's no, I have a jib <laughs> membership. <laughs> yeah, right. Because we're talking, you know, a minimum of 300, sometimes all the way up to 500 pounds of weight yeah, right. on the back of these rigs. So, gosh. Man, well, that, that's really solid advice. I, I think that's that's something a lot of people can take from. Uh, just thank you again for being here. This Thanks is this was a lot of fun. Um, you are on Instagram, you said? Yes. Uh, what's your Instagram handle? Oh, let me look it up. At, I'm awful. It, at Sam it's, Shelton. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's, it's Samuel underscore Shelton underscore video. All right. We'll put it in the show yeah, notes. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's really complicated. Yeah. It's yeah. so complicated. Uh, cool. But yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. I yeah, appreciate it. This is awesome. So yeah, really super grateful, super grateful just to, that you took the time out that, and just some great nuggets for people listening and people that are interested in, in jib and great, just career advice, taking time off and giving back and that type of thing. Yeah. And, and I think that's what really refreshes, you know, our, our very soul is, mm -hmm. is being able to, to give back and, you know, in your situation and, and yeah, it's great. It's good stuff. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, uh, Jesus is King. The, the the movie I guess they they're calling it it's it's like thirty minutes it's okay so, short so, film yeah and and I'm I'm curious how he's he's got so much footage oh yeah they'll like, probably do a so much version. I'll be interested in seeing what he does with the rest of this footage because yeah. again you're talking two of my shots were used and right. we shot for twelve hours yeah. so there's a lot there so we might see some some singular music videos down the road yeah. or something like that but uh, so check that out uh, Sam's Steadicam footage is in that it's it's awesome stuff man. Really, really happy to have you. So thanks. thanks for being here. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. This was a great episode. Thanks again to Sam for uh, just being here and giving us some real world uh, just tips and tricks really about just being in this industry, which is just so full of different people yeah. and different experiences. Yep. And uh, make sure you go check out Jesus is King. Um, just see that amazing steady cam work that he was talking I'm gonna about. I'm going to go back and watch it again. Yeah, looks great. So, yeah. yeah, Eric, where can uh, they find us online? Well, they can find you, Zach Abbotts, on Twitter and Instagram at Zach Abbotts. You can find me, Eric Thurston, on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Eric Thurston. And you can find the Easy Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, at the Easy Podcast. It's so monotone. I know. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? No. And if you have any questions, comments, complaints, or concerns, you can send all of those to Zach at the Easy Podcast Show at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.